Live from State Street in the heart of Chicago, you are listening to the new home of the Chicago Bears, ESPN Chicago. And this is Waddle and Sylvie, WMVP, WSHE, HD2 Chicago, a good karma brand's radio station. Uh-oh, guess what day it is? Guess what day it is? Huh? Anybody? Guess what today is? It's Wilbon Day! Woo-hoo! Chicago native Michael Wilbon, host of Pardon the Interruption with Waddle and Sylvie on ESPN Chicago. Right. Michael Wilbon joins us each and every Tuesday at 5 o'clock. Brought to you by Waddle's guys at Hawk. HawkAuto.com, Ford, Chevy, Chrysler, Dodge, Jeep, Ram, Subaru, Cadillac, Mazda, and VW, all in one place. HawkAuto.com, where Chicagoland saves big. All right, Will Bond, everyone was enjoying the NFL playoffs this weekend, and then I look up on PTI, and I've heard you say this on our show, too, about the analytics, about going for it and, and what it's based on and why uh, they're showing you the percentages and that's rant went viral yesterday. Good. And, and some have criticized you. Do you care? Hell no. You know me well enough to know that. I know. I, w- I, don't, I don't care about the criticism and I don't care about the analytics. Anytime analytics don't take into account your personnel, your health at the moment, your momentum, what the, the, the coaches are supposed to study those things during the week. What the hell is film study for? No, I don't care about it. I was going to say morons. I'll, 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 I'll stop just short of that. I don't care about any of that criticism, no. Did so, you – Did go ahead. Because I was going to say, like, people like Greg Olson and Jay Feely, people on the broadcast, Joe Banner, who used to run the Eagles, they were all tweeting about that discussion on PTI. Oh, they were? Yes. Yes. They were angry? I don't know about angry, but maybe they were saying to themselves, too, about – that maybe that that they themselves have to do a better job of explaining these sorts of things, or maybe that, that this is the new way that that they've just got to do it. Like it's just created a conversation. Well, I don't like. I do want to hear Greg Olson's opinion. I'll just pick Greg because he was with the Bears and people are familiar with him in our listening audience. I want to hear Greg Olson's opinion on why they should go for it or not go for it. I don't want to hear it turned over to. Well, the analytics, they go for it. I don't give a crap about that. I want to know what, why have analysts then? Why not just have the broadcast say, well, we just, you know, we're going to turn it over to analytics. Why have one? Why have analysts? I want to hear Greg Olson. I want to hear him and his expertise, his years of watching film, his years on the field, his years of knowing when he feels something might be good. His instincts that kick in at a moment because he's been on the field for 45 minutes and it's in the fourth quarter and all of a sudden the wind is kicked up and the conditions are different and you know what matchup you favor. Those things determine what you will do. Not the damn analytics. How do you feel about kickers missing 41 and 44 yard field goals in those games? Uh, You know, I, I feel bad for them, Tommy, and I know you have known these kickers because you've been on the field when that happened. I feel bad. I just do because you know he's got the deal. Look, I, I was, I was that. Yeah, I guess I was at the Scott Norwood game. I've been at those. I've been at those wide right, those Florida State games when they had those great games uh, in the eighties, and I just feel bad for the kickers. I do, and I understand they're part of the game. They got to. 
you know, deal with the same criticism and the same set of expectations as the other players. I just feel for them being singled out in those situations and having to live with it. What, what did you make of the, the Josh Allen conversation? Um, that- uh, I don't, the, the notion that Josh Allen should be blamed, whoever was doing that, I don't believe in that for one second. Josh Allen didn't even have a turnover. If I'm going to blame anybody personally, I'd blame the, the Buffalo coaches. I, you know, we didn't, we didn't text this weekend. We didn't get into that with these games. But I, I probably should have because I wonder what Tommy was thinking, and I can find out now. When, they, when Buffalo just ran the ball down Kansas City's throat and they were dragging Chris Jones down to the goal line on one of those plays, the camera caught that, I just thought, I'm gonna, this is where I hate analytics. I'll give you a specific example. And I've had coaches tell me this in every sport, how 40 years ago they would have said, you know what? That guy's going to stop this play, or we're going to run it at it until they take him out of the game. And that's how it was done. And people went to the Hall of Fame on that. Now they want to go away from it. They want to throw the ball. What was Buffalo doing throwing the ball at all when they could run the ball like that? I understand there might have been some adjustments made by Kansas City's defense after halftime. But I tell you what, when you can, the whole point of power football, you emasculate a team on the other side if you're controlling the line of scrimmage. Tommy, am I overstating that? No, I mean, you certainly, uh, you you make them think about what's going on and, and you make their heads hurt by constantly running the football at them. I, I thought they did a really nice job of it. Look, I think you can probably, you can bring that up in, in their final two drives. Um, I think that they were, prior to the one where they missed the field goal, Right. They had four plays, seven yards. And I was looking at it, and, you know, this is where the Josh Allen people say, yes, he wasn't the reason why they lost the game, but until he's the reason why they win, yeah. like he goes on one of these drives and gets the ball in the end zone. And sometimes you're just a product of your environment. Because last year, was it last year or two years ago, he took his team all the way down. They have a three-point lead. There's 13 seconds. Like Josh Allen didn't do anything wrong in that game. Right. Um, but in this particular game, I think people are going to look at the fact that, you know, in the two previous drives prior to the, the missed field goal, and even on the missed field goal drive, there were a couple of guys open. Um, now, he missed a couple of passes, but my point yeah. too, you didn't need – so, Tommy, even if he completes uh, – let's say that deep pass everybody talked about that, was, that, that wasn't caught. You've got the lead, but Patrick Mahomes has got a million minutes left to come back and step right on the field and do his thing. If you're playing power football and controlling the clock, and I know they had a big time of advantage, time of possession advantage anyway, then they should have had more. Well, I they think all, I, I, Mike, four I, more minutes. I think I also that I thought the Kansas City Chiefs made some adjustments too because I go back okay. to those. I'm just relooking at these two previous drives prior right. to the one where where the kid missed the field goal. Uh, first down, Josh Allen goes left side for eight yards. Then the next play, they handed the ball to Cook, and he lost three yards. You found yourself in third and five. Now, they decided to yeah. throw a short pass. The next drive, if you remember, they tried to run the ball on first down, and Cook again got stopped for minus four yards. So they found themselves at second and 14, which then, again, when... You know, I, 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 I don't blame them for, for throwing it at that point. I think no, Kansas City no. deserves a lot of credit 
for finding a way to slow down their running game towards the end of okay. that game. Fair, fair enough. Fair enough. And, and I, again, I, I was thinking I should have texted you then about that because I, I, I'm wondering, as somebody who's not been in a huddle on a field in that situation, what teams think. I, to me, teams give up too too quickly on something that's working because someone made an adjustment. I think it's fair. Like, I mean, it's a thing, I think it's a fair I, I, statement. I mean, in general, now I'm not trying to criticize Buffalo specifically with that comment, but. Man, I mean, the way they powered the football through Kansas City early, I wanted to see them continue that. And then let's see if Kansas City can come up with something to stop it. I know you have to uh, go soon. You're flying back to L.A. because of all these uh, NBA uh, issues. Yeah. So so what, what, the, for people just getting into their car, what were the Bucks thinking? The Bucks fired Adrian Griffin Despite having a really good record this year and yeah. him being a, a rookie head coach, what what why, be, why so quickly? Because you, if you're going to do, well, because one, they know that Giannis doesn't want this anymore, and that's the key. It doesn't matter how many years you're signed to. We know the NBA is not like the other sports. You can force your way out. James Harden seems to do it every fall. Um. We've seen Kevin Durant do it. We've seen Kyrie Irving do it. We've seen so many stars force their way out of where they are, no matter what they, their contractual situation is. So they don't want to lose Giannis. Milwaukee can't lose Giannis. They go back to, to steal a, one of my favorite made-up words from Shaq, expansionism, if they lose Giannis. And so so they didn't want to do that. Really, you, I mean, Giannis is posting quotes lately, told you everything you needed to know about his dissatisfaction with the defense. But is it Adrian Griffin's fault that the team traded Drew Holiday and screwed it up before he got there? No, it isn't. You're not going to have a defensive-based team where you give up Drew Holiday and, and try to replace him with Dane Lillard. Uh-uh, sorry, that doesn't work. But to win this year or get close to winning this year, they knew they couldn't do it with a 27th-ranked defense, which is what that team, Milwaukee, had produced in the month of January so far. So – they they stopped and said, okay, we're punting now because we know we can't win like this and we're upsetting Giannis. So, I mean, bad enough to lose a season in which you think you can win a championship. But if you lose the guy who provides everything you've got, then you got to stop that. And that's what they've done. They also had some mistakes. They had Terry Stocks on their bench. He was, like, gone before Labor Day. So the Bucks have had some managerial screw-ups. Um, that's why they did this. They're hoping to salvage it. They want that. They just went out and traded for Dame Lillard. Real quick, now, real quick, Mike, do, do you want to break some news here and let us know that your buddy Doc Rivers may be the guy that's taken over this job? So I don't know that, and I know that they – I will tell you this. And I, I, have, I texted Doc a picture a couple of years ago. I was there for a game, maybe a playoff game. I texted Doc with a picture, a photo of him his jersey hanging from the rafters in that building because it does. Doc's Marquette jersey wow. is retired and hangs from the rafters there. How many coaches, active coaches, are in a building working where their own jerseys are flying from the roof? So I was teasing Doc about that, saying, you got a coach here one day. Little did I know that that situation might present itself. No, I don't know that. I have not talked to Doc today, um, but of course he has to consider it. I think 
he has to consider it. They got the second best record in the East, and the only team that looks better, just straight out better than them, is Boston. And Boston hasn't won anything. So I think he has to consider it. I have no idea. You know, he's gonna get you get you gonna get Giannis. And you get Dane Lillard. That's a pretty good place to start, isn't it? <laughs> yeah, that's a, that's a good place to start. Coming off yeah. the broadcast bench, for sure. Uh, Absolutely. All right. Safe travels to L.A. Thanks, Thank Mike. you. Be safe. All right. So we'll, we'll, we'll talk soon. And uh, I seem to, it seems to me that all the reporting is moving toward the Bears drafting Caleb and trading Justin Fields. Is that, is that the way the winds are blowing to you guys? Feels like it now, but listen, it's yeah. this this long is, way to go. Yeah, still. long yeah. way to go. Okay, I'll stay calm. Tell us if you got any insight from yeah. maybe a family member of Caleb's. Well, oh. you know, maybe you know you sort of run into people in California right. when they live yes, when they live there. Saying. Yes, what I'm saying. You run into them for breakfast when they live there. Right. Ooh, what are you saying? You guys will be the first to know. Okay. All right. Thanks, Mike. Travel safe, buddy. All right. All right, you guys, be, be good. There you go. There's Michael Wilbon. Um, he, again, knows Caleb Williams' family well from the D.C. area. Matthew, his son, goes to the same high school that Caleb Williams, I believe, went to and graduated from. Yes, and, and like for all the people, I'm going to do a column, too, on all the different things that were said about the prospects coming out. Like... Remember Justin Fields. Like, you want to go back in time? You can't draft Justin Fields, as Dan Orlovsky said, because he's not a hard worker at Ohio State. Do you remember all the flack Orlovsky got from Kirk Herbstreet over that comment? Or what about the fact you can't draft Justin Fields because of the epilepsy? Like, all the stupid takes that people have had. You can't draft Lamar Jackson because Lamar Jackson's going to be a wide receiver at the next level. That was Bill Polian. Bill Polian. Like, there are so many, like, in this misinformation season of quarterbacks in prior years. So, like, oh, you can't draft Caleb Williams because his dad is nuts. His dad wants ownership of the team. His dad this, his dad that. Like, let's wait before we make all these grand statements about all these different Prospects. Not you know what it, I'm saying? Not that it would ever happen, but I don't even think it's legal, is it, for a player to have an existing current player to have a, an ownership stake in a franchise. Like, Brady had to retire before he could be right. a minority owner in terms of percentage of ownership of the Raiders. Like, well, you don't, can't own a team while you're playing. Haven't there been prospects who've tried to fight it? Didn't Chris Bryant try to fight the... The, the service time the rule. The service time rule. Yeah. Like there have been there have been prospects who have tried to fight. And good luck, the, right? Of yeah. course, it's right. C- it's a CBA. It's right. collectively right. bargained. Remember, yeah. Maurice Claret tried to sure. famously one. fight the. He was a sophomore. Remember the way the NFL draft works. You cannot enter the draft until after your ju- what would be your junior year of college. By the way, the one where you are trying to get a piece of ownership from thirty-two owners, yeah, good luck. Wouldn't even get listened to. <laughs> good luck, but like, that- like like Roger Goodell's cleaning people at his house wouldn't even accept that conversation. Oh my goodness! Like, how about C.J. Stroud a year ago? C.J. Stroud camp process. He scored a sixty on the test. The new aptitude test. You can't go with him number one. 
Like, there are so many bad takes, but a, a lot of them by people who run the franchises. I'm not, I'm not just saying by media people or by mock draft people. There are bad takes by people who are making these decisions by, by people running the team. So, like, again, before, before we, we, we pronounce the Williams family as, as bad people to deal with or wanting too much or Caleb Williams being a bad teammate – Let's wait on this. We drafted a guy because he drove a beat-up Toyota. Yeah, there's another good one. He's more grounded, and he's going to be a great quarterback because he put his name under James McMahon, and he's still driving his old car that he drove in high school. That's the thing is, listen, you can do all your due diligence. The truth is, though, that a lot of stuff that may happen during the draft season is irrelevant anyway. Like uh, you've told the story about Randy Moss, Sylvie. Yes, right. You, like famously, you you tell it about yeah, Walter yeah, right, Payton. right, right. Like again, there were red flags, there were major red flags about Randy Moss coming out of Marshall and what happened in high school with Randy Moss. And the Bears had, I think, the fourth pick. I forget what if it was four or five. I always forget the year that he came out in '98 and. The Bears had him in, and his childhood hero was Walter Payton. And Walter was still with us. And uh, Mark Hatley, it was his first draft, called in Walter Payton to have breakfast with Randy Moss uh, before they sat down with Randy Moss at Hallis Hall. And, and Randy Moss overslept. And going into their first draft, uh, and red flags already present on Randy Moss, he overslept his breakfast with his childhood idol. And it was too much for the Bears to take that risk based on that. Fair, fair or foul? It was Tommy Reese's dad, too, who was running the Bears' director of college scouting. It was, and Bill Reese. And like these are like a lot of the things that happen in cloud judgments over the talent. And that's the point, though. Like, some all, are right and some aren't right. Like, things can happen. And, yeah, you, like you said, like, you, I think everybody probably told said Mark Hatley was absolutely correct the way that unfolded. And then a year later, on Thanksgiving Day, people are watching Randy Moss score yeah. three touchdowns yes. and introducing himself to the nation for anyone who was unaware of the fact that he was having like the greatest rookie wide receiver season ever. So a lot goes into this process, but at the, you also need to get lucky. And, and, then, and, then, and then the ironic part of all of that was is Curtis Enos, when he met with them, who they drafted, the running back out of Penn State, uh, they were impressed with his yes sir, no sir mentality of when they sat down with him. And he turned out to be a huge fraud who was just trained correctly or prepared correctly by his agency as like when, when you go into these interviews, yes sir, no sir, yes sir. That's not who he was though. And the Bears quickly found out about it. And he broke curfew and... Obviously, he got hurt in his rookie year. With that, he he tore his knee, and so that played a role into it. But also, it, like the character issues, you you could fake it sometimes too. The point is, this is really hard stuff, and there's a lot of a lot of times that you hear these things, and you should ignore a lot of the stuff, a lot of the bluster, um, many 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 times. Three one two three three two three seven seven six. Our buddy Chase on the South Side. What's up, Chase? Hey, what's going on, fellas? Chase. How you guys doing? Good. Yeah, um, yeah, so um listen, um about this whole quarterback debate, I'm listen, I don't care who they get. All I want them to do is just get it right. 
I mean, I just want them to get the best, whether it's Justin, Caleb. I mean, hey, Guado, they can have you play quarterback. I I'm don't open. care. I just want them to I'm just I'm just sick and tired of this year after year this discussion. I want to talk about playoffs and who we're going to match up against and we're talking about championships. There's just too many times where this is, you know, and it's not against you guys. I got nothing against you. It's just that to talk about quarterback and who we're bringing as offensive coordinator. It's just at some point it's just time for us to start talking about winning championships and going to Super Bowls and, and making trades and, and become a, a, a contender. And, I mean, I see all these other teams winning, and it just I just want to talk about a winner. I don't care who they bring in. I just want them to get it right and get this, get this team going in the right direction so we can stop having this talk about drafts and, and coach changes and stuff. That's all I want them to do, just get it right. Just get this going in the right direction. That's all I care about. I share your thoughts. I think a lot of people are with you, Chase. Um, it's not the name on the back. It's the name on the front. By the way, uh, is this – do we have the entire Major League Baseball? Um, yes, and I've got the voting percentages as well. This is breaking news on Chicago's home for sports, ESPN you remember 1000. how highly anticipated this used to be? I mean, it, I it, didn't it, even know it was happening until I looked up on the television about an I hour ago. I was ago. wondering if you guys were going to switching ago. the channel. Yeah. I did notice it. So the uh, the National Baseball Hall of Fame uh, has uh, three new members. They did elect people this year. Uh, haven't there been years where no one got in? Yes. Roger Clemens, Sammy Sosa, and Barry Bonds. Don't know. That is not. He's, he's, no, he's, no, no. Okay. Waddle no. is, is pulling right. a fast one on you. Do you have any guesses on who they are? Don't. Did you look at the screen? I did. Okay. So uh, Joe Maurer is in, uh, obviously the outstanding catcher from the Minnesota Twins. Uh, Adrian Beltre is in, and Todd Helton is in. Is 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 Todd Helton Hall of Fame worthy? If not, now I'm not like the biggest baseball guy. Coors effect. Or, is Carmen throwing glasses around his house right now, breaking glasses because that Helton and the rest got in? Well, well I mean, like, is, if not for the steroids era, would Helton, like, just like last year with Scott Rowland. Scott Rowland's a very, very good baseball player. Todd Helton's a very, very good baseball player. Are they products of guys getting in? I don't think Todd Helton finished any higher than fifth in an MVP voting. Am I seeing that right, Meller? I'm asking. I don't. That, I mean, that was that's partially a product, I think, of the Rockies being awful for okay. a long period of his time. Um, I, his biggest thing was the cores, like how much. 369 career home runs. Nice. He played his entire career in he Colorado. A, he had a 316 career batting average. He, his OPS was a career 953, which is awesome. Yeah, but it's cores inflated. That's the one knock on him. He also has a career on base percentage of four fourteen, yeah, which is pretty that. ridiculous. Yeah, yeah. I like. I, I just don't remember. Like again, it, it, this is maybe more of a me problem than than baseball problem. I don't ever remember like people saying, "Boy, we're watching future Hall of Famer Todd Helton." You know, I think what really hurt him was so he was aided by cores, and then he had. Uh, a back injury in his like right around like the age of thirty, and his power numbers really dipped. 
like for the first whatever it was seven years of his career, he was on a clear Hall of Fame tra- trajectory. But then the power just waned, and people were like, "Well, you can't even hit twenty homers in Coors Field. How good are you?" But the on base percentage just says you know your eyes pop out. So I think he, you know, what he's helped by is the fact that. Now people kind of understand how important the on-base percentage is. Maybe they didn't recognize it as much during his career, so maybe that's why. Does that help Joey Votto get in? Oh, yeah. Joey Votto, I would, yes. He'll probably be first ballot. Really? Yeah, yeah. yeah Joey Votto will be Helton in. was only a five-time All-Star. And I think when you think about Hall of Famers, like you, that's start, what to, I mean, like, you, you start to get in on like the double digits. So, but here's like the thing. to nine. Here's what he was, because of the steroids going on, Oftentimes, first base was a, was a position where you had multiple guys hitting 40-plus home runs. So, you know, and this is where you get tr- – it's like how much do you want to say, oh, that guy was definitely taking steroids versus this guy wasn't? Like how do you know a guy wasn't taking steroids aside from the fact that someone like Frank Thomas was always adamant that he didn't take it, you know? I mean, you just got to take their word. How about Joe Maurer? I mean, he was an excellent catcher. He's for- a first ballot. Guy, yeah, yeah. That was 143 career home runs. More of a because of the because of what he did it catching, right? Because of the position, on base percentage, yeah, like 827 OPS. Like, yeah, his, his the the bat and the ability as a as a you know he had a, I think he won a couple gold gloves, right? When I whenever I think of like the best catchers of my generation, Three I always gloves. think Joe Maurer and Buster Posey. Yeah, those right, are the two right. that pop. I, I think of Johnny Bench. <laughs> That's of your era. Yeah. Um, That's what you should I think guess of. The well. one is Sheffield, Gary Sheffield missed by about 11%. This was his last year on the ballot mm. to get through. I just don't, like, we, we do the same rant every year. So I just don't understand who gets in and who doesn't, who's considered a steroid guy and who isn't, why someone's considered a steroid guy and who isn't. Uh, didn't Big Poppy go in a year or two ago? Yes, and like, why isn't Big Poppy considered that? He was, yeah. His name famously ended up on the Mitchell Report, which was supposed to be anonymous, right? Like M- Manny Ramirez is like, I, I, I gave Jesse. I saw Jesse's ballot. Jesse shared his ballot with me, um, and I, he didn't vote for Manny. Like, why is Manny not can, like? I, I know Manny cheated. Manny, but Manny, Manny was one of the. Best right-handed hitters of all time. Yes, no, I, I'm Man- with you. I, the, Man- I sorry, go ahead. Tyler. Uh, Manny's the one I don't understand why people don't bang the drum for more. Well, I he, mean, his he numbers had, are insane. I think he had two, if I'm not mistaken, at least two failed. Uh, yes. Tests. Yeah. Uh, so, uh, yeah. Sure. I just don't get like who who are we putting in the cheater category and non-cheater category, and we don't know about everybody, no, so why are we labeling people? That's a great point. I, I think Gary Sheffield, I don't believe he ever... He had a career. By the way, Melly had a career 996 OPS. Sheffield or Manny? No, Manny. No, and I don't believe Sheffield ever, though, failed a test. It was just, oh, he had to, you know, because he got bigger, so people were like assumed he had to have done it. I don't know. It's a weird... You know, yeah. line in the sand to draw for baseball writers. I, my biggest Joe Maurer take is always how oh, those stupid twins, they didn't even take Mark Pryor. They took the hometown kid, Joe Maurer. That's we, right. We really got the best of them. Well, for the first two years, right, I think the Cubs were happy. <laughs> yeah, absolutely. That was the big thing, suckers. You want some of the notable voting percentages for some of these guys? I saw Burley didn't get anywhere close. Yeah, Burley got only 8.3% of the vote. 
Um, Billy Wagner was knocking on the door. He was uh, five votes shy of getting in. Oh, that sucks. That sucks. But he, he's in his ninth year, so. A little lefty, imagine. right? Yeah, lefty. Through 100 closer. miles an hour yeah. as a closer. He'll be one of those guys who, 10th year, on, last year on the ballot, next year, that'll probably be enough to push him over the edge. Another stupid thing. Which, Either yes. you are a Hall of Famer or you aren't. <laughs> right, right. Okay, go ahead. Keep going. A Rod got about 35% of the vote. Um,. I mentioned Burley, and then... And then Manny, too, Manny is in the... Got, si- yeah, Manny got 33% of the so, vote. So this is what I want to know. Like, why are a third of the voters considering A-Rod and Manny Hall of Famers, and two-thirds aren't? Like, what, 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 is, what are they voting on? Well, how, how are their numbers not the same, Manny and A-Rod? Like, both, if you look at their numbers, they're Hall of Fame-worthy guys. So how are they not getting the same percentage of the vote? Right, or like you, you just saying like if you either consider them a cheater or you don't consider them a cheater. Like I, I like a third of them are just cool with them doing their resume as being people who cheated and were suspended. Like there are a lot of people who are like, well, they cheated during suspensions, right? While it was illegal to, while there were suspensions for cheating. Yeah, when they finally made. Steroids I think that's Jesse's philosophy. I think that's what what he texted Jesse about. When why not voting for these guys? And he's like, well, they they actually were busted while there were the suspensions were in place, and they were suspended for PEDs. So he holds that more against them than guys like Big Poppy. He when, made three hundred ninety six million dollars. A Rod did, and so now he owns a basketball day, team. Yeah, at the end of the day, I do think you think he regrets taking okay. the taking the steroids? Probably not. I mean, it has provided him a lifestyle that he also had six hundred. What was it? Six hundred and almost yeah. seven hundred home runs. Six hundred ninety six home runs. He's all a famer. They count though, right? I think so. Plus, the good kid thinks he's quite handsome. By the way, want to guess how many votes for big game James Shields? Oh, uh, one. There's always like that one guy who I'm going to vote for James Shields. He's a good yeah. guy. Uh, who was that? Space astronaut James Shields. How many did he get? How many? Yeah. You got to guess? Uh, one. Zero. Okay. <laughs> I thought that you'd ask, yeah. you know. Because okay, someone how many, uh, Yeah, okay. How many did Augie O'Hara get? Give me like, okay. give me a couple of people who got like one or two votes or something like um, that. Jose Reyes got zero. Brandon Phillips got one. Adrian Gonzalez got three. Matt Holiday got four. Bartolo Colon with five. Oh. Victor Martinez with six. And Jose Bautista with six. Bartolo Colon got five because he was fat. And he was fun to watch. He and was hit fun. A home yeah. run one time. Yeah. Is he still playing like rec ball back at home? Oh, sure. I guess saw a video yeah, of him last in- year. Just playing ball. Who's it? I saw the story the other day about Fernando Rodney is trying to play till he's fifty. Yeah, good for him. Fern- was Fernando Rodney the arrow guy? Yes, closer. Yeah, brief cub. He was yes. a cub oh, for a brief right. time, yeah. like an important run too. Right? <laughs> yeah, he was like, an important cub, like for like the last month or two what, like of a his season. Seventeen cub. I think he shot himself with one of those arrows <laughs> at one point. Fernando Rodney. All right, there you go. So three guys into the Hall of Fame. Uh, it's ho hum these days. I, like I said, I didn't even know it was today until I saw it on the television. Yeah, Meller switched it over. The best thing about Adrian Why Beltre, was it probably because there was no EPL on. Yeah, so you decided to throw Major League Baseball Network. My on. favorite thing about Adrian Beltre was how mad he would get if anyone tried to touch his head in the dugout. 
And then his teammates would always then why? make it a point. Why, why was it? Why was I don't know. He about? was very particular about people touching his head, but because he was so obsessed about it, then everybody would try and do it. Sure, of course. And so he'd always get mad when his teammates, especially the Rangers, would touch his head. That's the Yurko methodology. If he, if he knows he's bugging you, he's gonna and you and it bothers you, he's gonna keep on doing it. Sean Eisman has a great point. He says the Baseball Hall of Fame does the reverse participation trophy for everyone by not voting anybody in. Like all the all the best players are not in. Like when when like eventually if I ever go to one of these travel baseball things with Braxy if he ever makes it to one of these uh Cooperstown things, I'm not going inside the museum. I'm not. I mean that would be. I, I'm boycotting the museum. <laughs> that would be. You go all the way to Cooperstown yes. and you don't visit. I the am baseball boycotting. Hall of I am. I will do the boycott. The literal one thing I aside know. from the tournament. Well, the only thing within like well, seventy-five no, miles. That and seventy-five different baseball card stores. Yeah, don't they have like some other I mean, like funny? Village, Pete Rose yeah. will be out there signing. <laughs> I hope. I'm not. I'm boycotting the museum. I don't know. My kid may want to go. Then I'll probably go, but. <laughs> Um, James in Riverdale, you're on ESPN 1000. What's up, James? Hey, what's going on, fellas? How James, you doing? what's up? I just wanted to chime in. Everybody was talking about uh, field struggle, throwing the ball downfield. I was looking at some stats. Last two years, he threw 63 touchdowns for Ohio State and ran for another 15. So we all know what his struggle was. No line and the play calling. That was it? That was it. That was it. So everybody said he can't throw the ball downfield. 63 touchdowns in two years. I don't remember. Who is, like, I don't think at any point today, James, We I don't think we've talked to anybody who has said that he couldn't throw the ball downfield. I think one of the cars uh, did it. Yeah. Black and a dollar talk about it. Uh, well, I mean, night. like, okay. Well, I mean, like, I can't <laughs> can't monitor everybody's they show. throwing the ball downfield. So I would I say this. Okay, so, now, on that topic, I'll, I'll just add my two cents. I my okay. one of the things that has left me a little unsettled in the past was the lack of willingness to push the ball downfield because he has such a strong arm and because at times can be accurate with the deep throws. I finally felt, at least in the Atlanta game, and even in the Green Bay game, and they only scored nine points in Green Bay, but I felt at the end of the year he finally let it rip. I don't know why that is. I would love to ask him if he just got to the point and said, final home game here in the 2023 season, didn't know whether or not he was coming back. He finally said, F it, I'm going to let it rip. And there were four or five different occasions where he did something in that game that he had been reluctant to do. In my humble opinion, watching film every single week, he was willing to do it against the Falcons. And I saw it a little bit against the the Green Bay Packers as well. And I don't know what the change was. But, like, I constantly found myself... And, and, and a lot of it was against man coverage because he threw like a 20-yard in route to D.J. Moore against the Falcons that I've been asking for him to throw and hoping that he was going to throw for two years now. But there was a reluctance to throw it. D.J. runs a really good route, creates some separation. Ball's thrown before D.J. I think it's his best throw of the 2023 season. Ball is out before D.J. comes out of his break. It's man coverage, so there's no one in the middle of the field. It's a perfectly delivered ball. Like you can put film on and, and you ask yourself 10 occasions, why didn't you throw it here? What are you concerned about? 
And part of me also thinks that they neutered him a little bit with his approach coming off the injury. And I kept hearing Matt Eberflus say stuff like, we want the 200 policy. Two touchdowns, whether it's two throwing, two rushing, one of each. No sacks and no turnovers. Well, that policy itself is preaching a lack of aggression. I'm not asking you to be reckless, but if you're not going to take chances in the National Football League, you're not going to make a ton of big plays. It's a good question for Waldron. Yeah. If he believes in 200. I just believe, I, I believe in, in making sure you're not going to take the aggression out of these guys. Guys are going to throw picks. What you're, about 411? I'd go for 411. Right? What about a little information? Yeah, I mean, I'm just saying. How about like, a little 911? Help for the defense. You can't win in this le- at this game at this level consistently if, in fact, you're not coaching your guys also to be aggressive. And don't get me wrong, I'm not asking them to be reckless. But you do have to be aggressive. All right, let's get to Aki's A-List. It's time for Aki's A-List. From the mind of the man who understands the four Ps of Waddle's world. Aki's A-List. The top questions and topics floating around in Tyler Aki's mind. Are these really the questions that I was called here to answer? Aki's A-List on ESPN Chicago. What do you got here, uh, Tyler? All right, so we had a discussion yesterday about Josh Allen, and I don't think the Bills would move on from Josh Allen, but I think every player has a price. And I ask you, if you were the Bears, would you offer up both of your first-rounders this year for Josh Allen? So the first pick and the ninth pick for Josh Allen. Well, he comes with a $45 million price tag going forward, too. I, my first inclination would be yes. Me, too. How many picks can you get for the first overall pick, though? Probably like, three, right? So then are you saying, like, are you giving up four first-round picks then for Josh Allen? Josh Allen's probably going to play, what, 10 more years? 8 to 12, somewhere, yeah, hopefully you hit sure. 10. Guys play until they're 38 to 40. I mean, he does, he will, he takes more contact than most. He's he, a monster. Yeah, but but he does run a ton. So we know how that is. When Can you, I give up the first overall pick and then like a 2025? First and ninth. That's a stiff price. But we'd be pretty stiff if we got Josh Allen. Yeah, that's a good way to say it. So you're both in? I, my I'm first in. blush, I would say yes. I mean, I'm in. I, I could be talked out of it, but right now I'm talked into it. All right. Uh, Mel Kuyper released his mock draft today. He has the Bears taking Caleb Williams and also Roma Dunze. Obviously, we've talked a lot about the first pick that they have, but the second pick that they have, ninth overall, and taking a Dunze. What is the second biggest need for the Bears in this draft? The second biggest is still probably another pass rusher or offensive lineman. I'd say uh, pass rusher, three technique, O-lineman. I think it's more important than wide receiver. I do not side with with Lewis about the level of importance of positions with the wide receiver having escalated to the point of, I think Lewis said second or third. So I'm still like, listen, I, I, the trenches, I still need whoever my quarterback is. 
I want him to be supported up front on offense, and I'd like for them defensively to find somebody to go with Montez Sweat. And center's still a huge need. I, I said offensive line, but you don't draft a center in that first round. You, you can still get a great center in this third round. Houston Texans drafted two of them, and they both played this year. I could deal with that. I always tell you that the Bears had two centers at the beginning before they chose Olin to start. Who is the other one who went to Kansas City? I always, who Casey went to, Wegman. Casey Wegman from Iowa. And both of them started like 10 years in the league. Olin longer. Yeah. Nothing wrong with too many offensive linemen. What else you got? This is from Darren Rovell. This just in. The Chicago Sports this. Spectacular Show is, has announced that Sammy Sosa will have his first public signing in Chicago at their event in mid-March. Good. They're bringing back Sammy to Chicago, yet the Chicago Cubs continue to keep their distance. It's still not the same, and this is cool, and it, it, I'm, I, it's great that people will get a chance to take pictures with him and get autographs. I highly endorse going, but I, I, I need him to throw out a first pitch. I need him to get recognized at a Cubs convention. Do you think this may be laying some sort of groundwork that maybe Sammy's coming around on some of the Ricketts? Requests. I think we should do. Should we broker some sort of a meeting between Sammy and the Ricketts family and be the go-between? How would we go about that? Yeah, I'd let you do that. <laughs> I'd be happy to. Build the, the bridge. Way, by the way, I, I don't think that like Sammy's been banned from those shows. It's just a matter of like, no, d- yeah, Sammy deciding to right. come to yeah. it. Sammy could come to shows. Right. He's not he banned from Chicago. No, he the shows. The he's, 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 right? These autograph shows, right? Like I would assume they ask him and offer him a ton of money every yes. year because he'd be a huge draw. And he's finally accepted. Is right. how I interpret. But this. I'd imagine he's turned down a number of them, right? Since retiring, well, I this don't know. Is yeah. Maybe his first time back around. Is he starting to change his own mind? Who will um, Who will be recognized first? Maybe he needs the money in front of a Chicago crowd at at the hometown building. Scotty Pippen or Sammy Sosa? I think it's more likely still at this point that Scottie Pippen would be versus Sammy because there's obviously something with the ownership crew up on the north side that they are not interested in having him around. Right. But Scotty's burned a lot of bridges. He has. Especially but, with the ownership. But he was, still, uh, he was still invited to this event. He just didn't show up. I guess the thing would be... Sammy's not even getting invited to right. And, and not that I anticipate the Ricketts selling anytime soon, but they always could sell, and maybe a new owner comes in, and maybe that's the first big sweeping move they make. They, yeah, they want, as Cap has always said, and, and that I heard this offseason, is they want him to apologize for whatever. All right. Uh, Black and Abdallah coming up next. It's Crosstalk, and it's brought to you by Steinhoffels. Waddle and Sylvie, from our State Street studio to your hellish commute home. We're there with you, making it bearable. Never mind. Back to Waddle and Sylvie on ESPN Chicago. Right, Crosstalk brought to you by Steinhoffels, Black and Abdallah, in studio right now. I'm sure a lot of reaction to the Hall of Fame class. Oh, yeah. we're, 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 hot, we're hot on that. Yeah, Abdal yeah. wants to start the show with the topic, uh, how to fix baseball, because yeah. we're not talking it enough. I'm, I'm serious. Not. 
upstairs. Oh, we we're so having sure the debate. That's what you. Yeah. We we're having the debate upstairs. I, I hated Joe Mauer. Hated Did you really? Oh, because yeah. of uh, the Sox fan, Hall of Fame player. Hated him because he was just like he was just so automatic. But yeah, you were a Cubs like, fan back no, then. No, no. no. You, you've gone back and forth. No, kind I of. I, I was a never a full Cubs fan. I just didn't care that they won the World Series. Like that they like I wasn't like ah this sucks. I wasn't kicking chairs like uh like some of the uh, White Sox or the White Sox fans over there. I was like this is fine. Let's celebrate. It's good. First of I all, thought that was, was just shot at me in the world series well, when was, I kicked a chair. It was more the other people that were there that were White Sox fans that were rooting against them. I just don't care. I mean, is there? It's uh, a good motto. I, just, I, don't, I don't care. Like, I don't, I don't care. care. Like I yeah. don't. I don't they're care. Not a, they're not. To me, they're not a rival. So like, win the World Series. I don't right. care. All right. Let me let me ask you a question. Uh, as I a group care. group of people, the the people who vote on the Hall of Fame. They're the lamest dudes in the all sports, right? Yeah, the curmudgeons. Yeah, yeah, the, the crusty old guys who who well, don't. Jesse Rogers votes. Well, did yeah. he did vote you just in the right him, guys? You just no. called him well, a crusty, crusty old guy. Do, do, we, do we have, have his ballot? Crusty in this ballot? I, I have, his, have ballot. his Do you have, I have his ballot? All right, do you want to show us? Is I this a secret I haven't ballot? Gotten permission? Oh come get, on! Get permission. You got it. This is now. I want to know. Is he voting the ball players? I got to ask him. These gatekeepers. Just say yes or no to Burley. How many guys do I get to Burley? You can vote for as many as you want. It was for all of the steroid guys. It yeah, was, it exactly. Was, yeah. Thank you. I'm voting for every you know steroid guy. Because we watched them play and they were great. I am voting the for the best players. Yes, so yes. exactly. It, it, look, yeah. You played. But you guys you know cheat. how this is. And there then, are crusty baseball writers who refuse. They're gatekeepers. They don't want the steroid era guys into their Hall of Fame. I've always said it's a museum put on the plaque. Barry Bonds, uh, allegations of cheating followed him. Throughout his career. Yeah. His head expanded by two hat sizes. Yeah. You know? Did, so his head sh- did his head shrink since then? Or is it still big? I, I haven't measured. I haven't seen. I haven't measured. Well, I don't think. I think it, what happens is it expands. Like, I don't think you grow more and then they skull. Let, they let you air just, out, right? No, they don't let air out. <laughs> they get him out. Put it on uh, Sammy's palate. Uh, once was suspended sure. for corking his bat. Yeah. Sure. Uh, has been accused of... Uh, tell the story. Right in, yeah, tell mm-hmm. the put story. It on, put it on the damn. Used to be a lot plaque. darker. Put it on the plaque. Yeah. <laughs> I agree. Well, I mean, come on now. <laughs> what? <laughs> His we, appearance was quite shocking when I saw him for the first time. <laughs> I mean, it was. Let's reveal uh, Jesse's back. I just can, gave can you a one. He, he said he was him? voting for Burley, though, on the air. He said he was. Yeah, that was his to. one homer vote. Yeah. <laughs> He, How can you sure. vote for Mark? Burley's, I love Mark Burley. How can you vote for Mark Burley Hall but not Roger Hall Clemens? Of fame, nice guy. I got oh, it right you, here. Got it right got, here. You guys were saying Manny Ramirez. Manny right. Ramirez is one of the best hitters best I've ever seen in my hitter, life. You know, one of the best right-handed hitters yeah. in Major League Baseball history. Of course. Did he? Uh, okay. I don't know. You don't want us to guess because I don't know if Jesse wants to. I, yeah, I don't. I, I don't want to burn. Did he, did no, no, isn't this like the cool, answer this question. Isn't the cool okay, thing now to do if you're a answer baseball writer to now put out who you voted for? The, the three names. The it. three names that made it. Yes, that's did a you good vote for question. all three. Um, I see two of them. Okay. Did he not vote for Helton? I bet you didn't vote for Helton. Is he? Is he anti Helton? He voted for two of them. Not Helton. Oh, for he two of them. He didn't vote for Helton. I All guarantee right. it. And and that is right. incorrect. Oh, really? Oh, wow. Joe Mauer. Joe Mauer only had like what? How many home runs did I say he had? Like a hundred. Like this this is fun. See, baseball could be fun. <laughs> this is a great time. 
I'm I enjoying like myself. Just it's it. better than the quarterback like conversation. Call him up and I'm ask him. Chris, Chris, what's more tiring, the baseball Hall of Fame conversation or the Fields Not Fields conversation at this point? Fields or Not Fields is going to be happening for the next couple months. I get it. You get to tuck this conversation away tonight. Can we reveal your Hall of Fame ballot on the air? Yeah, okay, cool. Thank you. Yeah, Sylvie's got it. <laughs> All right, thanks. I, I saved Dude, you. Bye. You guys know that two weeks ago he, he called like he was in. in a he called in and uh, kids screaming in the background. The phone line was just ringing, he and just I answered it on the air. And he was so mad at us that was we, just put, we just put him on. Because we're like, Jesse, what's up? I see that you're calling. I see that you have news. He's like, Well, I don't have news. I'm like, Why are you yeah. calling? Are you <laughs> did he, put, you did he vote for Kinzer? Yeah, let's get it. Uh, Kinzer. Wasn't that his buddy? What was that his buddy? The oh, pitcher? Kinsler. Kinsler was his name? Kinsler? Was that? No, wasn't no, 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 no. it? Brandon, Brandon Kinsler. Brandon the second Kinsler. baseman? Brandon, 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 no, yeah. Brandon Kinsler, the right-handed yeah. pitcher, the oh. relief pitcher. He did not vote for Joe Mauer. Yeah, that's wow. my guy. Right, yeah, that's my guy. Uh, Jesse voted for Carlos Beltran. Well, who, who, by the way, I busted his ball saying he cheated in Houston. Yeah. yeah. So what's the difference between Fair. juicing and cheating in Houston? Fair. Um, Adrian Beltre, okay. Mark Burley, Todd Helton, okay. uh, Gary Sheffield All he right. voted for. Love it. Nice. And Billy Wagner. Okay. So the, at least, I don't know if he voted for 10. Aren't you allowed to vote for 10? That's Those are yeah. all I see. And he also checked the yes he wants. He's just sent it to me, too. He just said that he, uh, you can make it public because he, okay. check, he okay. checked the box right. that in two weeks it'll be public anyway. Can you right. write Did in? Did vote for six name? people? Can you write somebody in? Um, you can vote for. You are not required to vote for ten, but you may not vote for more than ten. Okay, so he voted so for he only six. Voted for six. Six or seven? Five. Seven. 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 Okay. All right, that's good. See, that's good baseball fun. That's awesome. <laughs> baseball fun. I love it. See, there you go. Now you no. can tuck it away I mean, and move on to something else. See, he, really did, he really didn't check Manny Ramirez or Alex Rodriguez. No, and I was mad. I was, I was on, mad Jesse. about Manny. I texted him about Manny's Manny. Manny's a Hall of Famer. Or Bartolo. A-Rod's weird, but get he's Bartolo a great ball player, too. Come on, get Bartolo in. Abdallah doesn't think that if we do a baseball topic tonight, people will call. I don't think so. I think I think the Hall of Fame. Oh, you'll not, get people to call in for I Hall think, of Fame. I think the Hall See, of Fame or not for steroid people is it's is so like, fun. I it's, think it's, it's like fun. early two thousands like hot radio topic. Like you used to be able <laughs> yes, to say, yes, sure. should Barry Bonds be in the Hall of Fame? And you'd get yeah, full you, phone sure. lines Pete of Rose, old dudes calling. Rose, yeah. yeah, you'd get full phone lines of old dudes calling. And, and, and yelling now we don't even know that it's the day that they actually vote and get in. Right, that's true. All right, so Courtney Cronin, Dion Miller. A Patrick Finley, Mark Potash, thank you. Michael Wilbon joined us as well. Uh, Black and Abdallah coming up next. Thanks to Tyler Aki and Jeff Meller for Waddle. I'm Sylvie. CSPN 1000. Have yourself a great Tuesday night.